Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's me, J. Caps, and this is The World According to J. Caps, my podcast. I think this is the 28th episode because I'm starting to keep track of the episode number when I upload it. And uh, thank you so much for turning on my podcast and deciding to spend an hour or however long you're going to listen to this with me. Um, I'm really grateful. I'm not, I don't have any um, audio gimmicks this episode. If you're a first-time listener, you'll probably be like, audio gimmicks, what's that? Well, all you'll have to do is listen to any, almost any other episode of this show. And I have a lot of like buttons I press when things get awkward between me and the microphone, since I do this show alone, and I'll press a button to like drown out the awkwardness, like a sound effect or something. But today, I'm not doing that. One, because I'm too lazy to set the machine up, and two, because I think it would give a more authentic experience to the episode. And um, what I've heard is, I've d- I did a study group, and it said that audiences are 81% more likely to be interested in an authentic experience. So that's where I'm going to put my money into. But anyways, it is June 2022. It's the first full week of June, and, it, and I'm in New York. I'm in Long Island, and it definitely feels like summer because it's hot, but it's not so hot that your sweat is dripping from your balls, to quote a Lil John lyric. Till the sweat drips down your balls, not from fucking, but from it just being so hot that every time you go outside, humidity accumulates in your ball region until it rains in your balls, aka sweat. I'm not saying that sweat is rain, but on the other hand, I'm not not saying that. Like science, prove that that rain isn't just the Earth's sweat. The Earth itself is alive and it's sweating case could be made for that, especially if you go deep with trees like I do. I go deep when it comes to thinking trees are the number one thing. And does that make me an overstory stan? Kind of. It kind of does. But you know what? In this world, I feel like overstory stan is the hill of whatever unique weirdo I think I am that I'm willing to die upon. Because, I mean, everyone's a like a unique weirdo to them to their own hearts because they're like into whatever particular nonsense they are. And I think especially with like kids from suburbia, the curating of a persona of yourself until you're like a unique boutique, you know, I don't know. I, I always attribute it with like the indie attitude, which is like the paradigm that I grew up around. But like the indie paradigm is like, you know, the old cliche of like, what's the rarest, weirdest album that you could find, right? And then like whoever had the most weirdest eclectic taste was the winner. And I think like that aspect of, I don't know, personality accumulation through media is like, there's an honestness to it, I think, when you're a kid and like, it doesn't have to be music, but it could be any little detail. Hey, this is a long way of saying that like I um, am, am into trees because of the overstory probably, but I'm not apologizing for it because I also made grading animals. So it's not like I didn't try my best to contribute to the um, 
making some artwork inspired by nature, um, uh, what do you call, impulse, the impulse, the spark, if you will. If we're talking about the movie Soul, we're talking about the spark. And some people's sparks is different. Like the indie rock guy I was mentioning before in the analogy, his spark is being a stuck-up douchebag because of the the albums that he owns. Whereas I'm like more of a stuck-up douchebag about nature stuff. For those listening right now, after I said that is where I would usually put a um, a buzzer, like a buzzer, like I got it wrong. Because at that moment in my heart, I was like, whatever the fuck you said just now, it was stupid and whatever, probably better left unsaid. But listen, a, what is a podcast if not a place to take random swings at ideas? And if you miss, it doesn't matter because no one's listening, right? An audience, like at that part, I would have put an applause symbol. And then I might have called Spencer Fullerton Baird in for an assist for like, just like, good job, good job, caps. And then he would go back to the bin of characters that I never use. Anyways, uh, I wanted this to be an authentic experience. So let's just talk about life a little bit. I don't have any suggestions. I didn't look for any suggestions. I didn't even uh, ask for any suggestions. Um, but, uh, I have been feeling like still the remnants of the last two years in pandemic. I feel like I don't know what's going on really. And the way of life carrying over from the pandemic feels like I'm, um, treading water in unfamiliar in unfamiliar like an unfamiliar place i i don't recognize the path in front of me and i'm like it seems abstract um you know on one hand i'm teaching at this school and you know it's challenging but it's not the worst job i've ever had one thing i really like about it is there's a laid backness in the expectations of once of like your of what you do, and I, I I'm not saying that like that's making it like easy, but like for instance, when I was at the corporate job, I would have to like fly to Paris for something. I would have to fly to Germany like at a moment's notice, and so it was understood that like this job will remove you from your actual life when it feels like to send you to another country, right? And like the job I'm working at now, it's like, that's not on the table. Like, I'm not going to be sent to even another state. All I got to do is show up to this one place. So even that is like, it feels good. You know, that's like a really good thing. I mean, you know, that's something I'm like very glad that like I'm not living. That's not like a, like an aspect of my life in this era. But like also I'm not performing as much as I used to before pandemic. Like that um like sort of my connection to whatever you would call the scene. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it because there's in New York I feel like there's a trillion million different scenes and um I never kind of had like um I would say just like a pathway to success when it came to performing live. I feel like over over the course of my life I just 
took shows that I could get. And um, I don't know. I would. I was always like, I guess you tread water with like the scene that's going on. And then I don't know. I don't know what the, um, you know, I guess like there's a little bit of not guilt, but like, you, I don't know. Sometimes people feel like, oh, I guess I wish I, I wish I did better. <laughs> I wish I did better in the scene or something like that. But, at, at, you know, at a certain point, I think one of the weird things about like grading animals for me was like, I made an idea to myself in like 2019 that like, I didn't care if I was doing good in the performing scene or not, I was going to dedicate my creative output to making this show. Right. And I started doing that and I was like on a good, I was on a good clip with it. And then the pandemic has unrolled and like, it's an old story, but like, it is the story of how I'm living right now. It's just like, I put all my heart and soul into making, um, grading animals. And now, um, also the pandemic happened so the world stopped and whatever happened you know what everyone has gone through so like i lost my job at that place and i didn't have a job for a long time and then um you know i got i became kind of a hermit uh, and i made a lot of grading animals episodes and i feel like i kind of either drove myself nuts about it or just had the cabin fever of the pandemic or a combination or whatever but like you know um, I, you know, I got depressed or whatever. And then like, I got a job doing teaching in the, e- in the evenings, a part-time job. And then I now, now I'm teaching art at a school and that part-time job. So like I'm teaching, I don't know, like 60 hours a week or something like that. Some crazy amount of like, so, so now I'm just like, my whole life is just nonstop teaching art. And I'm like, just doing the best I can do. Um, you know, it's definitely like was has been a challenge to like make me up my skills. But anyway, all I'm bringing it up for is that like I went from being one person before the pandemic and now two years after like let's say full lockdown pandemic, I feel like I look back through that porthole and I'm looking at a person that doesn't exist anymore because I'm not the same person doing the same stuff as I was back in that world and it's really weird because like my life did not i don't know not that it's just a weird like time warp and um the thing that i'm feeling is i'm i don't necessarily miss my life before or i i don't i'm happier now hold on a second <laughs> do you guys do you guys mind if I sneeze on the show? <laughs> Those sneezes sound like COVID. I really hope I don't have COVID. I got to say, one of the things um, is that I have not gotten COVID yet, and I'm afraid to get COVID, even though I think COVID nowadays is... I think that sneeze was just COVID. Um, it might be out of my system. I might have just had COVID for that minute, just a second ago. And let me tell you something. I feel like in that moment, I it was touch and go. I don't know if I would have made it. I'm like that. That was those. That was those. I mean, they weren't the worst sneezes, but it was like I understand what they mean when like you talk about this. What I had was very short COVID. It was extremely. It was actually only a few sneezes. I feel totally better now, but like I had to stop the show for a second. Like I had to. I almost hit pause on it. 
But also, I would hit a buzzer sound now because I'm not sure. I hope... I think that's... See, I think that that's a very funny idea that that COVID got so weak that it's just a sneeze now. Just one sneeze. But then, like, the people who talk about it still talk... They still try to steal valor from the long COVID people. See, I think that's a funny premise. This is why I think I should have some guests on because, you know, that's the problem. It's like you want to say crazy shit, but you want to say crazy shit to someone to see if they think it's hilarious or they don't like it or they, when you say that, they think of something like the thing you're thinking of and you just go back and forth forever. That's like something I miss about doing the show with the Gigolos. That show was super fun. Um, That's one of the sad little things that ended during the pandemic. I really did like doing that show. I love those guys. They're great. Um, But I don't think that... um, Everyone's life has moved on. Everyone's life has moved on in a different direction, you know? And that's why you should be grateful for the moments in your life because you never know. Like, looking back at pre-pandemic just reminds me of looking back at my entire life and all the different eras that that came and gone. Like, just um, to relate it back to like my current job, thinking about my life when I was in middle school and all the stupid little things of my life that like, you know, like when I was 11, I used to go to karate because I got beat up. I used to get beat up because of... Um, it's a it's an old joke I have, but check my if you want to hear the joke that's attached to, um, uh, contact the show and and I'll send you um, a stand up of when I used to do, when I used to do stand up a lot, and I had a joke about when I used to get beat up a lot because obviously, if just a, a note to anyone to any aspiring stand up like have you ever gotten beat up? Talk about it. That's going to be a good whatever it is. If you did if you did get beat up in your life, just hash it out on stage, and. Most likely, if you're honest, if you try to create an authentic moment with it, it'll probably be funny. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think like, anyways, not to, you know, that's, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about, you know, all the different eras, like when I was in middle school, when I, when I was in a band in my 20s and we toured and we came out, well, I came out with an album, you know, basically all the different things of my life, all the different jobs I've had, you know, you I used to work at, I used to work for the company Bye Bye Baby. Has anybody heard of that company? It's a it's a store that sells only baby stuff. And you know how these people be having babies out there. You know, people constantly, if there's one thing that really has followed through over all these years is that people do fuck each other. And fucking does lead to babies. So... I mean, there's not a time that I can remember when babies, new babies weren't coming out constantly. One thing that surprises me to thinking about babies like that, when how much babies, how many babies get born, is the something you don't think about is babies even, they don't even wait to like take a day off on Christmas or um, Easter or any of the like the major holidays. Babies even are being born on those, like, basically inopportune times. Like, people take vacations, babies happen. 
like it seems like you can never predict when a baby you can kind of predict for a baby like when it's going to come out but then you really can't because baby can just turn around inside you and decide that let's like it's time to be born right now and you wonder a lot of people have said that their baby are smart it's it's true but you got to wonder if some of these babies aren't actually smart and they decide to come out on like a major holiday just so that they can come out and be with the family, you know, even though later on when they come out of the womb, they're like, oh, that was such a bad idea. And they cry all day during the the holiday in question, like a baby cry, though. It's not so bad, but it's really because the parents are having the baby a lot of times for the first time. You know, that's the thing. When people have babies for the first time, they don't know what it's like. And I don't know what it's like either. I would hit the buzzer. I would also hit the buzzer thing right here because I'm like, um, I'm like, that's enough talking about baby stuff, Caps. Get back to something like the theme of the show, which was originally going to be an authentic experience. Um, yeah. So like I was saying the the i find myself in a uncharted waters of life and um i don't know it, it's you know you hope that the decisions you're making in this like uncertain time are moving you toward the goal that you always had even though the goal that you that like you yearn for in your life in your However, all of the energies of yourself manifest into the direction that you're going. I'm not sure that any one person could pinpoint the um like what the meaning or what it, not the meaning, but what the um the direction, the absolute direction of all the energies of their life lead them toward. Like I could say, okay, so like let's say you're a famous musician, right? Like to use the um the metaphor of soul. Like you could say that like if you're a professional musician or if you're a professional artist that like your life has been leading you toward that pursuit. But at the same time, your like success in one thing is rarely like perpetual. And like people have lives before, during and after their successful world's moment, you could say. Like, you could look back, back to all the eras of your life that we just were remembering a few minutes ago and think at each point, something was popular that isn't popular in the present moment. Something was, like, novel to, like, your young mind that you're like, oh, I I don't care about that now. You know what I mean? And as, like, we got older, like, we just picked up and discarded various toys as we like grew up, you know? And then as like, let's say you're a creative person to like identify yourself with one of those toys forever to say like, I just want to think of like, bring up like the, the lead singer of the cure, Robert Smith. Like he was like 17 when his first song came out, boys don't cry. Right. In like 1979. And like, He's had to like be Robert Smith. The guy's like 60 something. Right? Like he still goes out on tour and has to be 
like the 17-year-old, 22-year-old, 34-year-old versions of himself when he sang, sang those songs. And it's like, you look at like these old rock stars and it's like, they're, I mean, they're trapped in that paradigm. And it's, I don't know, is that a great thing? Is that like, you know, they, they when you talk about like um, a corporate job, you know, and a lot of times when you have a corporate job like I had, um, they say like you're in you're in the golden handcuffs because the job gives you a lifestyle that you couldn't afford otherwise. Just stability. You don't have to worry about groceries anymore. You don't have to worry about the bills. You are actually accumulating money on this sort of like stock market light thing that they give you where they where they make sure that your future is also being like helped out, right? And it's like you're not going to go back to freelance from that. You're not going to... So they they call it like golden handcuffs. But I would like think, you know, I don't envy... Like imagine... Like think of like some band like 311. It's like imagine like that's what you're... I don't know. There's something kind of... I don't know. I th- think there's something really real about like living in the moment of the life that you're in that... You know what I mean? Like on the other hand... Doing the thing that you love forever, a hundred percent. I'm not putting a judgment on. I'm not putting a judgment on like succeeding <laughs> in a creative field. Like obviously, all those bands and stuff that they love what they're doing. Robert Smith and the Cure. I don't know if he's depressed. He doesn't look that great when he comes out on stage. He looks like he um, he's been worn down over the years. That's that's the only reason I say that. <laughs> I I can't speak to Three Eleven. I don't know where they're at. I'm just saying it seems a little depressing also to be locked into a version of yourself from when you're 17 when you're like 60. You know what I mean? Because like life is also all the other things outside of just the pursuit, right? Um to borrow from the movie Soul, like a lost soul. I might just, this episode and all the episodes from here might just be me think, me talking about the movie Soul. Because if there's one thing, if there's one thing I can uh, offer to any listener is that like the movie Soul I think is pretty good and I hate Disney. I think Disney fucking sucks, but I do like Pixar. And um, I think it's a travesty that Disney has to exploit and put their fucking stamp on everything and just like consolidate it. But I feel like Pixar somehow is allowed to be real and um, the movie Soul, like is all I'm saying, really. The movie Soul is like, is the best movie. Um, But yeah, like, um, yes, life is about, I don't know. The movie Soul, I, I basically was just talking about the movie Soul and how um, I don't think it would be fun to be Robert Smith. You know, he he looks like shit. And I'm just like, I don't know. There's something, it's like, doesn't that guy not want to be that and just like be living his life? But it seems like he's like painted himself into a goth corner. And it's it looks terrible. And I'm like a huge, huge, I was a huge, huge fan of The Cure and still am. Not that I listen to them a lot, but like, they're in my DNA. When I was like 14 years old, I fucking lived, ate, breathed the cure 100%. That was like my whole entire life. So, um, yeah, I have a lot of love for them. 
But also, I don't now. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not also super into the cure now, like Robert Smith has to be. Like, if I also had to dress up in like lipstick and eyeliner and have my hair teased out, like all puffing out of my head, like, um, now at my age, at 42 years old, that would be horrible, right? And yet Robert Smith has to wake up every single day, look in the mirror, smear eyeliner into his eye like he got punched in the eye, like he has a fresh shiner, like he has two fresh shiners, and then smear his entire face with lipstick, and then spend two and a half hours teasing his hair meticulously so it's a fucking huge rat's nest, and it's like all gray and gross and then, I don't know what he do. I don't know what Robert Smith does. I guess go out to like Thailand and play another Cure show on a gigantic stage. You know where? I don't know where they're touring. I'm sure they're touring all over the world. But anyways, that don't sound like fun to me. I'm sure though. There's. I'm sure though that that it is fun to play. Like I would like to play music for fun once in a while. Once in a while, I still play. Wow. You know what's weird? On one hand, I was talking about soul, and now I'm also sort of <laughs> just kicking Robert Smith when he's down. That might be the other theme of this podcast. And here I was try- thinking that I was going to go and create an authentic moment. Meanwhile, I just quickly found a new punching bag in, in, the, uh, in the shell of of a person that is Robert Smith. Um yeah, so I don't know. All I'm saying is that I'm I think that it's evolution is good to evolve as the time evolves and um to to change as the world changes and be open to what the next aspect of life is. Like, you know, in that way you could even think of like um, everyone who has gotten older and, you know, gone on to things, or not even gone on to things, like, there's a stage of life about, you know, a conquering and accumulation. And then you think of, like, your grandparents or grandparents in general and how, you know, they don't have to, like, be fighting perpetually. You know, they don't have to, like, be their life isn't only about achievement. It also can be about enjoyment. Um, you know, so, you know, I'm, I don't know. Am I retiring? <laughs> no, I'm not retiring. I just, I, I work like 60 hours a week. I can't retire right now. I'm still in the stage of hoping that I could accumulate, but like being sad at that, um, you know, it's not as easy to quickly accumulate when you don't, know what context of life, what the context of your own life is. I think that's where I was, that's where I started with all this. Yeah, I was saying that it's, it just feels like weird times, man. It just feels like weird times, man. Um, I saw the, um, the Kids in the Hall reboot. I watched the entire series of the Kids in the Hall reboot and I have to say that I really loved it. Um, it was special to me uh, because the kids in the hall meant a lot to me when I was young. From 
from when I was 10 to when I was like 22, I would watch the Kids in the Hall reruns. I would watch... I was when I when I was younger, when I was 10, the Kids in the Hall was on HBO and then it was on network TV and then Comedy Central. And I always thought that it was the funniest thing and the craziest thing on TV. And it really was it really was like our Monty Python. Um anyway, it definitely influenced my the trajectory of my life to want to be in I mean for sure that's the reason I got into improv comedy. When I first took improv classes, or that's even, I would say, even going to see, well, I guess, I guess Kids in the Hall being on, you know, was like, here are these weirdos, and they're doing this weird thing that I have no other context for. I mean, even Kids in the Hall, I didn't put them in the same category as SNL because SNL was very, um, like everybody knew about it and your parents knew about it and there was sort of like a legacy of like all these people have come to SNL and it's like so i'm just going to say mainstream whereas the kids in the hall were just these weird guys from another place and they only worked with each other and they were like a band and they had a very specific weird way of presenting themselves to the world and um it was like how do you be that how do you do what they're doing and it was completely abstract right um like you'd hear like oh they're a sketch group and you'd hear improv but it just seemed like the marx brothers or like anarchy you know and um it was so awesome and like you know, when you're younger, like you don't know how, like how do you be that? How do you become that? It's not quite being an actor. So I think like a love for like irreverence and a love for like wackiness and an appreciation of your own specific voice. That's the thing that um I think I've always wanted to bring to any creative creation that I've ever made. So like even before like I was saying that I was in a band and like I did have like a song that like had some popularity in its little day. But the thing about the song that I made is like even like Kids in the Hall influence of like it was from my own world. Like I sort of verbatim said um things about my life. Um anyway I rewatched the show and seeing them all grown up and still who they were like made me really happy. Like it made me happy to have had them in my life like when I was a kid and like now that I was grown up and it's been so long, I was like oh man, those guys are my heroes. They really are my heroes from my youth and like they're older now. And they're like still doing the thing that I loved them for. And um, like unlike Robert Smith, actually like Robert Smith, they were in like makeup. But unlike Robert Smith, they were having a lot of fun. And it was like, this is the best. This is the most hilarious thing 
They're so silly. They're still so like their own person. They're very rebellious. Like one thing that like I really appreciated also, and I thought it was ironic when I was looking at some interviews that they've done recently, they're all like, fuck all this like poser PC shit where like everybody is trying to be offended, but like they know it's so insincere and it's so like you're just doing this to like power over someone. Like the kids in the hall are very anti like all this like silencing of contextless silencing of comedians just so that other people can power over them. They're not into that shit. And hearing them say that was like, wow, they are like, because that's how I feel. And I really fucking hate that shit. And I really fucking hate how that pervasive idea has taken root in our society up to fucking Will Smith and um, Chris Chris Rock. Like, seriously, if you want a referendum of how people feel about, like, whether or not you can just non-threateningly tell a joke, that shit is like, I I think it's like a public um, symbol of that. But like hearing the kids in the hall like be like that and like so echoing something that I I feel like in my heart was like, wow, I'm so glad like they were influential of me. And I didn't know that they would, I don't know, have like a perspective that I also feel strongly about. I wouldn't say that I feel strongly about any particular thing, but I do hate when people are... I don't know, try to destroy something fun. You don't really get a lot of fun things in this world. I mean, this world is mostly like um, corrupt regimes, like um, putting tanks into other regimes and killing everybody, uh, school shootings. um, What else? Uh, uh, Natural resources being poisoned by companies and like get them getting away with it for hunt for like a hundred years straight. Um, all types of horrible shit. And then, like, when somebody uses their human powers to, like, bring mirth or, like, bring fun or, like, whatever, do something, just, like, share their weirdness. Um, at the very worst, you know, I don't know, like, at the very worst, they're, like, um, they're unsupported and driven to like um, poverty and death, you know, even if the, even the great ones, because the great ones are crazy as well. The great ones, on the other hand, um, is not creativity some type of mental illness that maybe um, uh, maybe what do you call Ritalin and other type of drugs will like, you know, squelch out of the population so that we all are just like Disney ass followers and like we'll be happy with our TikTok and our baby TV shows and we'll be completely lobotomized from the inside out and nothing will ever be uh, subversive of, again because we'll all just be drooling on our shirts and un- and have no energy to like fucking live life at all. Um, or. I don't know. Buzzer, buzzer, buzzer. I don't know. I feel like... Listen, I started this episode um, thinking that I could do the episode without um, any special effects because, you know, I I thought that I would be able to hold a coherent thought throughout. Um, And the gamble, the gamble was that uh, at least I'd be able to hold it together 
for the whole episode and not uh, capitulate into blabbering drivel. But unfortunately, um, that's the one you got to look within you and not be a gecko and not be a bearded lizard and not fall flat on your face. Uh, you know, that Eminem song. I, I'm just trying to buzzer. So, guys, this is what the podcast is going to sound like. You know, I'm just a, a human being trying to talk into a microphone for um, a whole entire hour and uh, and also bring something human to the, to the table. What I was trying, what I was ultimately trying to do was cause an authentic experience. And unfortunately, sometimes all authentic experiences point to failing publicly and then acknowledging the failure in the moment, which is what I'm also going to try to do right now. Because what happens is sometimes I just get lost in it, you know, just like the movie Soul, you know, that, listen, you just get lost in it. It's okay. You know, it's what happens. When I was a kid, I was watching Kids in the Hall and and I went into the zone, you know, and, um, and, uh, and, and from that day, I knew I was born to be a weirdo. And then you know what I, you know what I'm talking about Shelly, and then the kid go and then it's my own and then I'm back in my actual school that I teach at and it's one of the kids from my special needs school and they're like I don't know what you're talking about I'm special needs and then uh, then my friend calls me and says hey the kids in the hall decided they need a they need a, an extra tonight and you could be it and then I would be like. Oh man, if I could do a show, I would die a happy man if I could do a show with the kids in the hall. And then I run out, I do the audition, uh, I pass, and then immediately fall into a manhole co- cover, an open manhole cover, immediately dying. Um, the end. That would be. That's the end of the first part. So then, by the way, and and see that would be extra. That part, that little riff would be extra funny. If you guys have seen the movie Soul by Disney Pixar, um, but yeah, so so yeah, so I was acknowledging that like I I lost the thread of what I was talking about. Um, but speaking of, but but now that I mentioned the school that I teach at, I sh- I think I shall talk a little bit about it because I think that I could talk about school, which is the the place that I spend. Now, 40 hours a week. I mean, I, I have been teaching full-time at a school uh, for since pretty much, I think, um, March, I feel like. Maybe. March or April. No. Or May. I fucking have no idea when I... Maybe April. I can't... I don't know. I don't know when I started that job. But um, probably March, I feel like. But it feels like... um. I don't know. When was I depressed? I feel like it was a long time ago. Maybe May. Fuck, how long have I been, I've been teaching there? Uh, but in any case, um, the my job fucking beats the shit out of me. Um, and what's difficult about it is how much uh, mental energy I expend thinking about these... Uh, these kids who have like one issue or another. Um, and it's weird because it's not like I'm actively trying to, um, 
uh, what do you call, obsess over uh, my job. It's almost impassiveness where, you know, like you're around people and you have to like teach them. But like even when you're in a school, you're al- you're around a lot of different personalities. And I'm just going to say like, especially at a school like this one with like special needs kids. And when I say special needs kids, they're not like, they're all different types of um, like depression, um, autism, uh, you know, your classic, you know, special needs, like fill in the blank for what, for, you know, how, what, it, they're, everybody's there. So like, there's a lot of big personalities and there's a lot of big special needs. Like there's a lot of big, um, just like they're the things that are challenging them in the moment. Like, you know, kids are crying. Kids are like, you know, there's been like fights. It's just, like, you know, all, all types of different stuff. And like, I don't know. It's like the day after or like the like the first day of the weekend kind of is like a decompression of just like, holy shit, what the fuck? Like, I will be like, you know, I will not be able to get certain um, just like the echo of of um, like the rolling waves of all like the needs of people and just like fucking the chaos of it all. Right. And like. That's like a different type of stress than like um, the passive being in an office. Like when I was talking about my old life, like being in an office is like an easy breezy dumbass bullshit. Like you could like, I mean, shout out people who worked in an office and from fucking... Two o'clock to five o'clock, you basically just surfed YouTube for years, dude. I mean, if there's one thing that I miss about um, working at an office is listening to every single episode of The Bonfire on Sirius XM, like, at my desk, just listening to every single episode so I didn't miss a single episode and just laughing my ass off quietly, that shit, I am so glad I got to do that shit. I could never do that. I don't have a, I could never just like listen to a full radio show podcast at work and get away with it at my job right now. I couldn't. It's just, it would be impossible. I can't be like in class with big headphones on, like big Beats headphones, just completely not paying attention to the students being like, just picking the headphone and being like, shut the fuck up. I don't, I'm listening, I'm busy right now. And just staring at the wall, just like take, like walking over to the dry erase board, starting to draw, listening to the podcast, not even paying attention. All types of mayhem. The ki- half the kids have just walked out of class. Like, that would be amazing. But no, I don't, that, like, I can't do that at this, at the, at the teaching job. I could do that in an office job. And, and the trade off is that, you know, now like like a big portion of my brain is like, you know, I'm obsessing over try and you know, the weird thing is it's like the same thing like I was saying about like um you know life in the field of trying to conquer. Conquer whether conquer as opposed to enjoy. Like I am 
totally trying my best to do my best at this at this job um trying to like teach well like trying to bring the best of myself and you know in these weird situations which is not necessarily um like an ideal teaching situation because like you know kids are resistant or kids are like um you know not able to do stuff or like have some type of challenge to like their learning or whatever and i have to figure out ways of like getting around that and not like compromising myself or like you know cuz i don't want to like phone it in i don't want to say like oh okay you guys are like unable to do shit so i'm going to like let up off the gas of like what i like to teach you know because in the same way that like i'm a big weirdo about animals like and i'm relatively I don't know, passionate about what I do whenever I like I perform or do or make something like I'm not going to like try to half ass it or like take a human being not at face value. If I'm like teaching you art and you know, the world says that you're retarded and I'm like, okay, but like how like, so does that mean you can't learn how to draw like well? I don't know that that's true. Drawing doesn't even fall on the spectrum of of um what do you call? Like measurable intelligence. Here's an interesting thing. So like I get to look at all of the IEPs for all the students, which are the individual education plans for like so IEPs or individualized uh education plans are a thing that um, especially special needs students have to assess where wh- how they can learn and like I got I, I can read them for every single student I have and it's weird because at nowhere on this IEP does it say what what art can or cannot do, like what their ability is in the context of making art. And when I say like making art, like I'm talking about being able to draw in perspective or being able to draw human anatomy or being able to be conceptual or make a composition, like no balance of a composition or like um, rhythm or things like that, right? It doesn't say whether they could be good or bad at it. So it's like, it's very interesting because it's like at most it'll be like, Oh, they enjoy drawing or they like what something, but they don't like talk about like, they'll be very specific about like, you know, IQ and like the needs of math, like, or the particular, the particulars of how far they can go with math. But it's very interesting that like this, I don't know, not to say that like, I think art is abstract and it is like a, a thing that you have to pay attention to, but you're using your perception in a different way than you would use it in like an like writing or um well no creative writing can be the same way, but writing requires um you know a particular a, like language scaffolding and math requires like computational and this other I mean I'm not even that good at math like I never even took trigonometry um 
you know, I'm actually special needs this whole time. So you really should forgive a lot of the issues that have been on this podcast up until now. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like it's like in a it's like in a good movie, like let's say the movie Soul. It's like when you when um when Joe Gardner meets 22, um that's what's known in in movies as a meet cute. And so like you where you are is a representation of your character and where the the other character that you're supposed to meet um at where you guys collide is like symbolic of how the relationship is and in that moment should i should i go through this <laughs> i'm just saying like um you know me teaching at the school is like one of those things where it's like in my in the other i see myself all right cool um you know, at this point of the episode, I would have probably put an applause break right here just because I'm proud of somehow connecting all of that shit. And hopefully that's like the, the and sometimes I think, you know, going back to improv, like going back to studying improv, like sometimes I'm like, that's the um, the creative thing I'm trying to go for all the time. And then I think, oh, well, why do I even have that impulse? And of course, like it points back to the kids in the hall, right? You know, like so... Uh, anyway, I think that we did pretty good for not, I would say that, you know, most episodes are an hour long, but they're filled with about 10 minutes of straight hitting the wrong buzzer, hitting the applause button, hitting the, the X-Files theme, hitting um, the ding button. Um, but, you know, because we don't have that this week, I think that I can cut it, the episode off at like 51 minutes. And I think will be lean, mean fighting machines until next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, next week's episode will be the Grading Animals three-year anniversary episode. So look forward to that. And thanks so much for listening.